0: Public posse and welcome to the empower your pelvis podcast it's amanda and morgan we have helped thousands of people with pelvic floor issues and it's totally our jam here
1: you can listen to expert interviews encompassing all things related to pelvic health that is pee poop
0: sex and everything in between you have a pelvic floor yes you we all do and it's time to start talking about issues that may arise but more importantly how to improve them we are so glad you are here to join us now let's head into this week's episode of The Empower Your Pelvis
1: Podcast.
0: Hey, Pelvic Posse. This episode is sponsored by the Spark It Up in the Bedroom Challenge. If you are dealing with pain with intercourse, yes, that's a thing. I can tell you that's a thing because I dealt with that in my early 20s. Then this five-day challenge is for you. Over the course of the five days, you will learn all the things to improve pain with intercourse. So you can go from Netflix and with your partner to Netflix and chill. Speaking of partner, bring them along and they can watch the zoom calls with you and learn all the things. Now let's get back to today's episode. Hi guys. I'm Amanda Fisher with empower your pelvis and I'm Morgan Clark. And we're here with Rachel main of owning your own sexual self, correct? Yeah. Owning okay, your Sexual down. self either way. Perfect. Rachel's out of Michigan. Uh, we had... The joy of meeting her via Instagram and chatting back and forth. And I'm completely inspired by what she posts on Instagram and how she's normalizing your own sexual self and finding your true self and clitoral stimulation and sex toys and sex positions. And I'm always like, oh, I want to be like that. So we thought, why not have her on here and tell (laughs) us a little bit about what she does and where she's from. So I'm going to, we're going to give it away and let you go.
2: Awesome. So thanks for having me. Um I feel like I I consider myself a self-pleasure advocate because I've been pretty much a masturbating since as early as I can remember. That's super personal for a lot of people to hear but that is that's part of the work that I do. I like to be able to share a lot about myself because there are people out there that can relate with that and that's part of normalizing the stigma that is around masturbation or self-pleasure. So um, from growing up, um, exploring my body, I've now able to take that work and help other women figure out the same for themselves. So six years ago, I started in a direct sales company called Peer romance. And I started doing, if you've never heard of it, we do in-home parties for women. We educate around on sexual health and wellness. We show lingerie, lotions, bedroom accessories, everything, literally bedroom to bathroom. And then when the party demonstration is over, we do confidential ordering. So I developed this sexual health presentation, I give them a great time, they're chilling out, they're drinking wine, they're having fun with their friends, and then they come in this private ordering room and then all of the questions start flowing. All of these light bulb moments like, oh my gosh, I never knew this, nobody told me this, my sex education was pretty much non-existent. So here they are coming to this, you know, quote unquote, sex toy party, and then they're getting all of this valuable information. Um, And so when people started asking me these really, really personal questions, I wanted to be able to make sure that I was giving them the best, the best I possibly could. So I sought out a sex therapy program, a sex education program, ended up enrolling in that through the University of Michigan. I finished that in 2017. And then I started practicing in a sex sex therapist in a private practice. So then being able to work with people more individually, one-on-one working with couples, And then most recently I transitioned from that therapy component, which will always be near and dear to my heart. My therapy is always going to be what's grounded me in this work. Um, but now transitioning more into that coaching role so that I can still share that vulnerable, you know, raw and real side of myself to help other people feel normal and just relate to, you know, sexual things. So that's where I'm at now.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. What a neat, neat gig to have. Like I, I don't know about you, but Bridgerton is like a big, hot topic on Netflix right now. I feel like you could have really helped those couples out in the program because there's (laughs) so much miscommunication. And then you realize like, this is the 1800s for this show. This could totally have been used then. And now like you could have really helped spice up their life. And we probably wouldn't have had as many episodes on all the difficulty that they were having with their intercourse. Yeah.
2: I, right. I binged that show in a day. Cause I, of course, you know, it's like the talk of social media right now. And my favorite part of course, is when he tells her about self-pleasure and tells her to touch herself. And I get asked often, like, what, you know, what is dirty talk? How do I do dirty talk? And I'm like, literally that I'm like, you just, <laughs> yeah, you want, and that's dirty talk. Like that is so attractive and enticing to people to hear for you, for you to tell them what you want.
0: So many What a way to like, Start out the self-care of 2021 to yeah. everybody binging that. And I'm sure there's a lot of like orgasms happening after that one. That <laughs> yeah. was definitely a great show. It's definitely what brought us into us wanting to do or a piece of it, I guess, of our Empowered in the Bedroom series. So I would love to hear from you, like, what are your thoughts on pleasure and when, how do you kind of coach people through that?
2: Yeah. So for me, I I truly believe that pleasure is our birthright. We are born sexual beings and I feel like everybody should want to enjoy that and everybody should be able to enjoy that in a way that feels good for them without any shame, without any judgment. Um, And so for for people that are looking to explore that more pleasure component with themselves or with a partner, I think that it has to start with themselves. We, We truthfully have to know our own body inside and out and what does feel good, what doesn't feel good what our turn-ons, our turn-offs, because then it makes it so much easier for us to share that with, with the people that we're, you know, choosing to engage in sex with, because people are not mind readers. We can't just go into a situation and it's like the blind leading the blind. And so knowing your own body and being able to communicate that to your partner, like that is sexy. And there's so much power behind
0: that. That's true. Communication is key. I think that's been my, I don't know why it took me until like late in the game of doing this kind of stuff, of realizing that that's a much needed component to intercourse, or else you're, you get frustrated. And then you're like, why is he not going there? Why is he not touching that? Like, do you not know the female anatomy? No, it's really frustrating. No, <laughs> no, I was going to say, no. Yeah. I, I thought, you know,
1: seeing some of your posts too on Instagram, you uh, post a bunch about like scheduling time for sex. And mm-hmm. as you probably can imagine, we see a lot of patients in our, clinic who are postpartum. So for me, that's like, well, yeah, light bulb. You have all these kids running around. Amanda knows what that's like. I don't have children. So we don't, I don't feel like we have to schedule it out. But like even for not postpartum people, like how do you coach anybody through that? And what does that mean to like really schedule it out? Like do you write it down? Like what is what is what is it? Yeah,
2: that is a great question. And Morgan, same for me, I don't have kids. So when I talk about scheduling sex, I feel like I get looked at weird like you don't even have kids. Like you don't even get it. But everybody has busy lives. And this is even, this is important for people that might even be on opposite schedules. But the majority of the women that I work with, the problem is, is that they can't find the time because they are literally just exhausted from whatever is going on that day. And my big thing is that we're never gonna find the time. We have to make the time. Like anything that's important to us in our life, you have to make a dentist appointment, uh, doing lunch with your bestie or whatever, you plan it. And so I really encourage couples for individuals, somebody that is single, that's wanting to make more time for their self-pleasure practices to sit down, pick a day of the week where you can sit down for us in our household. It's usually Sunday nights. And we look at what is coming up in that week. We look at things literally like, what is the weather? Where am I at in my menstrual cycle? What, what other activities do we have? What obligations do we have to do? And then we can see where we can fit in that, that time to, for intimacy. And it doesn't always have to be sex. It literally is just being able to create that intimate connection with your partner. So maybe taking a nap together, maybe taking a bubble bath together, um, watching a new movie, trying a new activity, you know, anything like that. But it is really about making that time because our relationships are the most important things in our life and we want those to be healthy. And for those that do have children, isn't showing them a healthy marriage the most important thing that you could give a child, showing them what that healthy lifestyle looks like. Um, and so for a lot of couples, that's going to include sex. And if you have to schedule it, there's no shame in that. You get to choose your mindset around that. And so it could be as simple as my Instagram post yesterday was you plus me plus hump day equals eggplant emoji, peach emoji, splash emoji. Like, that could be a sex that you send to your partner to schedule sex. It doesn't have to be like, you know, it doesn't have to be this dreaded thing that, that I think a lot of people, that's where their mind goes.
0: Right. And we were just talking about the whole scheduling thing, I think yesterday, because I was explaining like you when we we have three kids at home. So it's like, I hope all nap times line up on the same time so then we can sneak it in really quick. Or now that our kids aren't really napping, it's like. Like my mom joked the other evening because I think I posted I had sex and we tried out the drip stick and she was like it's seven o'clock Amanda your kids aren't in bed yet I was like mom you can have sex without your kids being in bed we are fully <laughs> taking advantage of the Mario Kart they got for Christmas and we're taking advantage of Olaf so if Olaf can keep their attention and Mario Kart we get to have time together and then I'm not exhausted by yeah. ten o'clock at night because yep. we're on two different schedules too my husband's more of a night owl I'm more of a morning person so. Yeah for us, it has to, we have to find that happy medium. And sometimes that's, you know, when our kids are awake too, and it is, it is more challenging as they get older, but I, I love the text idea. Um, that comes in handy for us with quickies, like trying yes. to get that in. Um, and it really does. It gets the, the juices flowing a little bit more because you're starting to think about things and imagine that mm-hmm. fantasy. So I love that idea. I love the emojis. I'm going to yes. have to do that. Emojis, I, uh,
2: Yeah. Emojis can Can be your best friend, honestly. (laughs) Uh, And then in the sexing component too, like, you know, when you think about right before, if you're the person sending the sex, that, that wave of emotion comes over you, right? It's a little bit risky. It's a little bit like, Ooh, I don't know that adrenaline rush happens. And then you click send it's like this immediate relief. And then you're in that waiting period, like, okay, how are they going to react? And then if you know, the person that's on the other end of receiving that text, they are not expecting that likely. So now they just felt those same rushing emotions and adrenaline that you did. And that's, again, another way for you to schedule sex. It's like, now you have something to look forward to later that day or later that week.
1: Absolutely. That's lo- exciting. Yeah, I love it. I love the it's emojis. For a- yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, about it. and it is. So we talk about this all the time with our patients or just each other, you know, and I'm sure you know this analogy or use it yourself, but how, you know, we're ovens, they're microwaves. I mean, it doesn't take anything for me to like, if I sent a, an emoji to my husband, he'd be like waiting at the front door. Like. You know, and I'd be like, well, no, actually, like I got a few things to do and the, you know, yeah. but I, that, I like meeting each other on that level at the same time, you know, like, so I think that that's you work in such an interesting line of work to like be able to make those two things collide. And like, what do you usually tell your clients about that?
2: Yeah, that's a great point too, because what you just, what you just explained was the differences between desire for typically a man and a woman. So men usually experience that spontaneous desire where women are more reactive. And so that can, in my therapy practice, that was the number one thing that I was working with a couple, one wanting to have sex all the time and the other not. And that's just how our brains are wired. Women are wired that 80% of us experience that reactive desire. And so that knowing that and understanding that and knowing as a woman, this, these are my turn ons and this is exactly what I need to be happening for sex to occur. And these are the things that I don't need to be happening. And it could be something as simple as there being laundry on the floor or a drip coming from the bathroom sink or the dog starts barking or you hear the kids walk by the bedroom and immediately our brain shuts off. Like that's just how we're wired, right? Women are thinking about a million different things at once where men typically are very one track minded. They're thinking about one thing.
0: Describing me to a T there.
2: Yeah, exactly. Most women. And I think there's so much power in just understanding that and normalizing that for yourself so that we know that it's not that there's something wrong with us. It's literally just how we are wired.
0: Since Morgan kind of brought up the ovens and microwaves and we are touching into this a little bit more. Can you talk to us a little bit about vibrators that might help heat up the senses down there. My
2: favorite things. Yes. Um, Yeah. Oven versus microwave or craft pot versus microwave. So women typically we need that 15 to 20 minutes of enjoyable foreplay before any sort of penetration is going to occur. And I say enjoyable because <laughs> if you don't like nipple simulation, your partner's spending 20 minutes, you know, with your nipple simulation, that's not doing anything for you, right? <laughs> um, so again, knowing what it is that that you enjoy. Um, and so some of my I'm gonna show you two of my favorite bedroom accessories. And these are great for somebody that is really into the vibrator game or somebody that is brand new. Um, the first one I'm gonna show you is an external toy. Um, this is something that we do carry in the Pyramid's catalog. It's called Private Beach. It's a really great clitoral simulator that could also be used for nipple stimulation. So if I make my hand vulva here, how oh, this is going to go. What? Yes.
0: It's going to have to be our new sign when we get yes. this is the game sign. Yes. <laughs> I can't
2: believe i never seen that. Oh. Been, like, yes. Even like, making this Oh, my gosh. I love this. guys. Peace sign, throw it down, thumb in the middle. down. Yeah. I feel like Wait. we're
0: going to have to do like a A down. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so good. So yes, hand vulva. Um, so yeah, this is your clitoris. Here's your labia. Here's your vagina. It's so easy. I know. Yes. Hey. So with the private beach, this again is going to be that really nice clitoral simulator. So it's honestly like a hug for the clitoris that you never knew that you needed. Um, and I have my little 3D clitoris here too to show you. So basically the toy is going to go just like this. And we know that what we see on the clitoris is just the tip of the iceberg um and this in fact this entire thing is the clitoris so we have so many nerve endings but packed in this one little tip of the iceberg right there is about eight to twelve thousand nerve endings the only purpose of the clitoris on our body is for pleasure and over 80 percent of women need stimulation to that area to achieve an orgasm so using a toy like this that's very external also not phallic shape for somebody that's bringing a toy into the bedroom for the first time and are, are concerned that maybe their partner is going to be, um, you know, turned off or, you know, maybe upset about it. Something like this. I mean, this doesn't look like a penis at all. My partner is not going to see this and be like, well, that's bigger than me, you know? Um, so it's honestly the hug for the clitters that you never knew you needed. And fun facts about the clitters too. You have a preference of left or right side stimulation. And we also have a preference if we like uh, that fluttering type stimulation or more of a constant contact. So with this, you're getting both the left and the right side of the clitoris and that intense stimulation here. Now, you guys will appreciate this, right? Because it's curved, so it's going to be nicely pushing up against that pelvic region too. You know, having that pressure applied to the bladder can be very stimulating for us too during sex. But having this um, used as during a foreplay session to be able to, as you said, get those juices flowing, kind of get that attention down to that area of the body. And then you can still use this while having sex as well. If your partner does have a penis, you can use it during penetration as well. So you're having that still intimate experience, especially if you're a missionary position, it's going to kind of be sandwiched between the two of you. Um, so you're getting that clitoral stimulation while your partner is still penetrating you vaginally. Also for doggy style position clitoris is getting no love in that position, right? Your head is probably like pushed into a pillow. You're like, I don't even know why I signed up for this today. Um, So having a toy like this to give yourself clitoral stimulation is really nice. Um, Same thing.
0: Like postpartum or not postpartum, our pregnant mamas, when they have to Mm -hmm. get into certain positions, that would be really great. Or uh, for women with prolapse and Mm -hmm. pelvic pain that I think the positions where they can't connect with the clitoris, I think that's awesome. Yeah. We're going to link to that. Yeah. (laughs) Great.
2: Uh, great point. And to a lot of women that are postpartum, they probably don't want, or, or it's not recommended that they're having vaginal stimulation right away. Um, and in fact, most of the women that I work with, they prefer the clitoral stimulation. They're like, I really don't need an internal toy. So the clitoral toys are really the most um, popular,
0: and but don't know why they're not, sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. I don't know why they're not pushed more postpartum too. Cause like women are scared to have intercourse usually at that six week mark. And mm-hmm. i we were really big on like not forcing anybody to, because I think it's no offense, but I think it's dumb. Like, I think you need, when you're ready and feel safe again, then it's okay. But I love the idea of bringing blood flow and circulation down there to all the tissues that are healing. And that Mm -hmm. would be a great option for them. Yeah,
2: for sure. Same with, um, opening acts. You mentioned different positions that we, that we can be in, um, to make it more comfortable for somebody that's postpartum or having, you know, something like prolapse or things, so having something with a handle like opening act here is also advantageous for a lot of people and women like this one, because they could use it internally um, for the vaginal stimulation. but it is again, mostly a clitoral simulator, um, ergonomically friendly so that you don't get carpal tunnel from masturbating if you masturbate often. Um, but this is going to be giving you again, that vaginal simulation, you could even insert here, it's going to curve up, it could give you that G-spot simulation. Um, again, really good in those doggy style positions. Anything for foreplay, it also makes a really good body massager. So, you're saying you know, warming up those tissues wherever wherever you want, wherever those sore muscles are, you could use that opening act. Um, and this one has a variety of settings as well actually, 30 settings on this one. So, if you are a constant pattern, if you like pulsing, if you like revving, um, you like a little T sort of pattern, this is really a toy that's going to help you figure out exactly the type of stimulation that you like. So, that's opening act. What
0: were the opening, opening acts? acts? What okay. was the first one called? Uh, private
1: beach. Oh, I was going to say beach, beach. body, <laughs> private beach. <laughs> Are they made by the same people or separate?
2: Yeah. They're both, um, both from pure romance. I
1: can send you pure all to that. Okay. Awesome. And so when you're having any of your clients use this, are you, you know, do you start them and coach them through how often they should be doing this and, you know, where and when and all that stuff? Yeah,
2: that's a good question too. So with the, with the programs that I offer, the first thing that we're going to really focus on is the education piece that I mentioned that most people are lacking. So really encouraging them to do do some body mapping, do some self-pleasure practicing, not including the genitalia at first, because I really want them to get comfortable with just loving their body as is, you know, most women that I talk to, it's like they they're looking in the mirror, and they're not liking what they see in the mirror. And that then carries on into the bedroom when it comes to our sexual competence. So that's really the beginning work that we do, again, providing them that education, some in which we talked about today, that is so powerful for a woman to understand, like, this is why this is happening, or this is why I feel this way that in itself can help them be, experience more pleasure because it just takes that, that frustration off the table. It helps them feel more normal. Um, and then when we do get into the self-pleasure practices, I do actually recommend that people start just with their hand first, right? Like when the creators of humans made our arms long enough, they made them that long on purpose that we could reach our vulva. And so I'm a believer (laughs) that that manual simulation, right? It's 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 mind to body, but understanding and learning again the sensation, the pressure, the type of simulation that you like. Um, and then incorporating a toy if you want. And the nice thing about toys too is that when our body feels vibration, it's automatically trained to think pleasure. And that's even if it's even if it's in a non-sexual way, it is a pleasurable experience for us to feel that vibration. Um, so then applying it to the clitoris or all area. Right. It's a it's a win win. Um, but first experimenting with your with yourself, either with your hand, with a toy and then being able to communicate those things to your partner on what feels good, where it feels good, when it feels good. Um, and then that's going to help the sex life in, in general.
1: I actually so I just thought of this. When we were in um Italy, we went to Pompeii and I don't know if I'm sure you know so much cool history about sex that I don't know about, but one of the things Pompeii is the the town that was, you know, uncovered by volcanic ash, whatever. And so you can go in there and there's still rooms that you can tour. And one of the rooms, there's literally like almost hieroglyphic looking pictures of sex positions. And you go in and you say, that's that one I want. And I'm like, they, they've been doing this. I mean, this was like, you know, BC or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> this right. is a long time ago. And like, there are things that have evolved in our world, but also showing that there hasn't been so like for us and be so taboo about it's not like this stuff is new yeah so I think yeah. that's just like so cool to I don't know connect with some of that
2: yeah it's like the first vibrator was invented originally to cure hysteria right it's like
0: and and carpal it, tunnel of it. the so I love that you say carpal tunnel because yeah. I'm like yes before the vacuum cleaner I cannot believe that it's crazy yeah it's crazy
2: Right. And we all got here somehow people were having sex, like,
0: right. You know? Absolutely. That's what yeah. we had to, I had to tell my mom the other night when posting the sex post for our, cause that's not something we typically post. Like I'll talk about postpartum sex, famous sex positions, but
1: mm-hmm. saying that
0: I just had sex. She was, yeah, she was floored in a funny way, not in, yeah. a, in a, that way, but it was to say like, yes, mom, like we have sex and yeah. most people do weekly. Like, we have three children. Yes. Right. <laughs> They got here somehow. Um, So tell us a little bit about your programs.
2: Yeah. Thanks for asking. Very enticing. Yeah. So a lot of what I explained um, is something that I would work with people on an individual level or in a group coaching setting. Uh, So the individual I love because I'm able to really peel back the layers of what, where and what somebody went through to get where they're at today in, in terms of their sexual self. So I really work primarily with, with women and really working with them to discover and embrace what brings them pleasure to help them own their sexual self. So again, breaking down that shame, breaking down any beliefs that they have about, about sex or masturbation in general, which often comes from our childhood, from things people have said or done and things like that, pushing our our, our views on somebody else type thing. So really working to break down those barriers, again, helping them establish that, that love for themselves and that self-confidence. And Teaching them how to masturbate <laughs> basically is what it what it comes down to. And um, so, if you prefer to do that in an individual setting, one on one, we can do that. If you prefer to do that type of work in a group setting amongst other women that are experiencing very similar, um, if not the same sort of situation that you are, um, I really think that there's power in in both options. So that is that is sex coaching in a nutshell. That's incredible. It's
1: awesome. I love it. And we talk about this too with. Um not that this is sex coaching, but someone like when people talk to their friends about these things, like that is so liberating in a sense, like my friends all talk about this. And like, I just think that's such a good thing. We're open about it. I know what kind of vibrators each of them have, like, you know, and I do. And I, you know, I don't know when I have patients that say we don't talk about those things. I'm like, it's, it really is so important. And so for you to create an environment for people to do that, I think is so cool. Yeah.
2: And and sexual health is a part of our overall health. It's as important as our physical health, our mental health, our emotional health. You know, again, that's how we all got here. And it's it's such an important component of our lives because it truthfully is, in my opinion, that is how we feel most connected to ourselves. And so I could a whole nother conversation is going into the spiritual side of this and connection with the universe and all that woo stuff. Um, but it is it, it's just a magical thing and it's something that we all deserve.
0: Well. I'm down with that. We need to have you on for another conversation like that in the future, because I, I, we've been talking so much about orgasms in the past week that that is definitely something I would like to go into further. Well, it has been a pleasure having you on Rachel. We appreciate you coming and giving us all this wonderful advice. So thank you so much for being so knowledgeable and helping so many people with this.
2: Yes. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Awesome. Hey, Pelvic Posse, we want to thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Can we ask you a couple of favors, please? Number one, can you like and subscribe to this podcast so that you will continue to empower your pelvis forever so that
1: you will never miss out? Number two, can you leave us a rating and a review? Tell them how amazing we
0: are and everything that you have learned about your pelvic health. And then number three, if you haven't seen the video version to this podcast, you can go over to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash empower your pelvis for all of our visual learners out there. We have all types of great visuals in there for you to not only listen to, but to watch. Thanks so much
1: again, and make sure to give your pelvis some love. Until next time, peace out, Pelvic Posse. posse.